0: Hey, welcome back to Whole Brain Teaching the podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Uh, my name is Laura Forehand. I'm Advanced Platinum Certified Whole Brain Teacher. I help out with certification, and now I get the distinct pleasure of working with my great friend on this podcast. So we're so glad that you joined us today. And Rhonda, how about you introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. Glad that you are back. We had so
1: much fun last time. We're going to continue that fun today. I'm a second grade teacher in Kansas, and I am platinum certified as well. I work with Miss Laura on our certifications and um, get to dive into this podcast with her as well. So glad that you all are
0: here today. Yes, absolutely. So just so you know, um, we're going to start going through the four steps of the teaching cycle. So if you've been going to any of the Zooms, um, the Zoom conferences, you may have sat in on that one. So we're going to take each each part step by step, go really slow. But we'll just be talking about um, the basics for probably the next uh, four Um, episodes that we do. But just know that everything that we are going to talk about today can be found on the Whole Brain Teaching website, which is www.wholebrainteaching.com. So definitely go back to that website and get refreshed on everything we're going to be talking about today. Right.
1: So we're going to be talking about this basics and this whole brain teaching cycle. And the first part of this is the attention getter. That's our class, yes, and this is how we
0: start. Yeah, so our attention getter, um, how this works in the classroom is the teacher says class and the students are gonna respond with yes. And the trick is however the teacher says class, the students are going to say yes. And that
1: kind of bumps up that ventricity a little bit with that Mm -hmm. class, yes. Now there's three expectations that we have when we do the class yes. And I wish I had the pizzazz or the sass of Miss Giselle when we do this, but um, the three expectations are that we, they stop what they're doing, they turn and look at the teacher and they fold their hands together. And I know with second grade, you might be able to teach all three of those expectations at once but you might wanna break them down. And Andrea has a fabulous um, video of how to microstep these three expectations on the website. So be sure to take a look at that. And I think it's real important that when you teach it, that you teach those three expectations because you don't want to go on with your lesson or what you need them to do if they're not soft and looking at you. So those three expectations are really important when we are teaching that class, yes. And I do it on day one. How about you, Laura?
0: Yeah, I do it on day one as well. I think that's one of the first things because as you're teaching those expectations on day one, you're definitely gonna want your students' attention. And so using that attention getter class, yes, is a great way to have them stop what they're doing and to look at you so that you can tell them the next expectation um, as, you're, as you're starting the new year. It is definitely something that works all year long. I don't know if you've, you know. And I've noticed it's sometimes difficult. Like, if
1: I'm fortunate enough that we're one-to-one with iPads. So if they're on a device, if they're Chromebook or their iPad, you know, it's a little harder for them to stop what they're doing. Sure, <laughs> and them- sure. So we have to do a lot of practicing at the beginning of the year. And I know another time that I think of that's a little bit more difficult is like indoor recess when, you know, they want to continue to play, but sure, um, they get really good at it because they know
0: I won't continue until those eyes are on me. <laughs> so. And I think that's a really important point um, that if you're finding that class, yes, isn't really, you're, you're finding it's not working quite like you want it to really stop and evaluate am I waiting until I have all of their attention before I move on to what I want to say next? So like typically how, you know, if you, if you're talking about indoor recess, Rhonda, like how many times do you have to say class and they respond yes, before you have everybody's attention? Usually once or twice, but
1: I'm thinking about last year's class. They got really good because sometimes everybody would stop what what they were doing, but their eyes wouldn't necessarily be on me. Mm-hmm. And so when we get real quiet, you know, then they kind of oh yeah, I need to turn and look at the teacher, <laughs> so they right. turn. But I think wrong way, right way practice yeah. it also helps in this, especially during those times that it's more difficult to stop what they're doing. But definitely, or turtle um, wolf practice is right. what it's called. But right, yeah, right. definitely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, talking about just the, and I want you to talk a little bit about that wrong way, right way practice in a little bit. But, you know, one thing that Rhonda said at the beginning was, you know, we always want to make sure that we have that funtricity. We want to bump up that funtricity whenever we can. And so with um, with our steps in the whole brain teaching cycle, we want to do that as well. So we want to do that with class, yes. So one way we can do that is um, just, you know, change how we say it or change our gestures. So um, you want to make sure you add that ventricity because I, I noticed for myself in my classroom when I'm always like class, yes, class, yes. It doesn't have, you know, eventually it's, it's like your kids at home, you know, <laughs> and you say the same thing over and over again, they kind of tune you out. And so the- Happen with Class Yes, too. So, and, and when we add that funtricity, it increases our engagement and in, increases um, just our, the activity level with the kids. So, um, mm-hmm. we want to include that funtricity whenever we can. But what are some of the upgrades, Rhonda, that we have with Class Yes? Well, just like
1: everything else, we kind of have levels. And with these levels, we have beginner, we have advanced, legendary, semi-divine. So when we start out with beginner, it's just gonna be your class yes varieties, like classity class, 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 class. And that's where you start out with, and that's where you're gonna practice and begin. But then you can go up to the advanced, and what would that advanced be, Laura?
0: Well, that's more where you use like different voices. So you can use like a really really high voice or a really really low voice, or you can use a really fast voice or a Mickey Mouse voice, a robot voice. Um, what are some voices that you use in your classroom, Rhonda? Because I've heard you, I've heard you share I, on those Zooms. Yeah, I like to do a low voice. I don't know. I guess because my my
1: voice is a little bit lower, so it's easier for me to do that than go real high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like the low voice. Um, I like going fast just because they like the fastness as well. But how about you? Do you have any fun voices that you use?
0: Um, a lot of times they like the robot voice or they like a yeah. zombie voice. Mm-hmm. So, and one, one that I like that you use that I use, I'm going to use this year in my classroom is you kind of do like a, a twangy voice. So you go yee class. Oh yeah. Or cowboy style. Yeah, cowboy <laughs> style. That's it. So, and I I think that's really cute. And you do like the whole lasso. I know people can't see us because it's a podcast, but you do like yeah. a lasso. So that's even more engagement if you think about mm-hmm. They're it's getting true. more than just, you know, their voices in there. I would um, tell the kids anytime I
1: wore boots to class, that we would do it that way. Like our rule reviews and class yeses and different things with brain teaching, we would do it that style. So if I um, forgot, had boots on, they'd raise their hand and say, oh, you have boots on. We've got to do it, Cowboys. <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome. That's cool. So what about um, what about legendary? What, what happens in that level? Well, legendary
1: gets a little bit more with the gestures going um, where you could throw up your hands or, you know, do different things like that. I don't probably do that one as much as some of the others, but mm-hmm. definitely a way that you could bump up that funtricity. Um I was thinking, and I don't know where this falls in, it might fall in more to um, the legendary, but um, when you incorporate curriculum with it, like if you would say oh. two plus two class and they would oh. respond four, yes. I'm not sure where that fits in there, but that's kind of a fun one, too, to do if you're reviewing curriculum, um, especially math facts are fun to do that one with. And I'm not sure where exactly that falls in.
0: I like that idea, though. I, I'd i forgotten about that one. That's a really good idea. You could do that even with, like, what is a noun class and then they could mm-hmm. person, exactly. place, or thing. Yes. I'm going to have to write that one down and use that one this year. That's a really, that's a really good one to remember. I would kind of think that could be in the legendary just because especially with, um, you know, like your noun or your verbs, I mean, there's going to be, there might be brainies attached to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, that's a really great idea. Well, I forget it from time to time. Yeah. I mean, you know, we forget about
1: using that one and I think that's a good one. And To be honest, as a teacher, I get into a rut. I say the same ones over and Mm -hmm. over. And um, during one of our Zooms with Nancy, she reminded me that, um, I think it's Michelle Shelton, it's on our Teacher Pay Teachers, has all of these different ways that you can do class yes, and you can put them on a ring. And that way, when you get into that rut, you can kind of go through that ring of different ideas of how to do it or how to say it. So it can bump that funtricity up even more.
0: Yeah, and you know, when we make those power cards in that Zoom, you know, so in front of that attention getter, on the back, write yourself all those varieties that you might want to use in your classroom, but both of them are really good ideas. Just have some ideas at the ready, so when you feel like you're getting kind of in a rut, you can peek over and pick something new to do. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I do.
1: I tend yeah. to use the same ones over and over, and I'm like, right. this is getting boring for me. So I need to step
0: it up. And that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So then there's like the concept of student leaders. So this is kind of after you have um, used it. You know, you you've taught your kiddos a class. Yes, you're getting really good at it, and the different varieties. So then you can recruit student leaders. Who can actually call class for you. Um, mm-hmm. I love the idea of student leaders because that really gets them involved where, where they're now starting to teach, mm-hmm. starting to um, lead the entire class in a lesson that mm-hmm. you taught um, or just coming up with a critical thinking answer. It's such a great way when and when when you teach the concept of class yes i think that's something that you need to put in there somehow that um no matter who calls class mm-hmm. our response needs to be yes so it could be me it could be a student it could be the principal it could be you know whoever could be a could be a custodian you know that's coming in and needs to tell the class something important um so whoever calls class we say yes and we do those three expectations you talked about stop look and fold your hands to listen so how has student how student leaders worked in your classroom um i've used it occasionally
1: um usually it's just easier for me to get started on it but i have had occasionally a student leader probably my student leaders do more of the rural reviews than the class Mm -hmm. yes honest but i have had occasionally um, When um, they're getting ready to teach something, they do have to call the class and they wait for those expectations that they know that all the students should have before they go into their teaching part. So, you know, they do it as like a little whole brain teaching teacher, you know, by starting out what they're going to teach the class
0: with that attention getter, their class yes. Yeah. And even, well, and even when they're doing the rules, I mean, they have, before they can do a rule review, they have to get everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great way to use your student leaders is for that rule review. And Have you done student leaders much with attention getters? Um, I would say probably for rule review, but then then also let's say in reading we're discussing a character. Um, or how a character is like another character or how a character is like them comparing contrasting something like that. And I call on a student, you know, they need to stand up and they need to be able to call the class and then Go through the whole brain teaching cycle themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I love it when my students can become leaders and teach and Anyone can be a student leader, even that beloved rascal that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. So you had mentioned earlier about wrong way, right way, or turtle slow, wolf fast practice. So what does that look like, Rhonda? Well, wrong way, right way.
1: I always get tongue tied with that. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me, with the, the turtle way, wolf way. Um, it's just... Um, it's an excellent way to practice any procedures that they might be struggling with or just to show them the expectations. But you want them, when you say wrong way, they show you what it doesn't, it shouldn't look like. And then when you say right way, then they show you exactly your expectations and what it should look like. And I think that would be great with those three expectations of, Mm. you know, stop what you're doing, turn and look at your teacher, Mm -hmm. hold your hands together to really show, and I would probably even want to break it down into those micro yes. steps, show me what it means, you know, to not stop and then to stop, you know, let's mm-hmm. get it quicker and go mm-hmm. through it that way. And it might be even fun for them because my kids love to do wrong way. I yeah. mean, anything, if I said, okay, we're having trouble, show me the wrong way. And they loved, I mean, cause they'll get crazy and it's wild right. and then, you say, okay, now show me right way. And it's amazing how much better it looks than before when you were doing your lesson. So I think it's an important part of whole brain teaching to do that wrong way, right mm-hmm. way practice. Even when we're on these basics, talking about attention, or clash, S, It's still an important part to establishing those procedures.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's, it's easy to want to rush through them because it seems it seems simple. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think even breaking it down into smaller micro steps, and you know what does stopping look like? What mm-hmm. does looking at the teacher look like? Um, that may be brand new to some kids that are coming into your classroom. You know, so I think it's important to 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 break those things down into those micro. Mm-hmm. And we and one thing that I I hear I've heard a lot throughout working with whole brain teaching is, you know, the wrong way could be two grade levels below and the wrong way or the wolf way is two grade levels above. And I tell you, when I taught first grade, if they thought they were acting like third graders, they thought they were pretty mm-hmm. So that is, you know, wow, you guys look like third graders right now. They take a lot of pride in that. Oh,
1: absolutely they do. They yeah, want to, they want to be older anyway, for some. Yeah,
0: reason. they do. So they do. That's,
1: a, that's a good part of that, too. So,
0: yeah. So then, um, speaking of class, yes. Okay, so what is kind of your favorite thing about that first step in our whole brain teaching cycle?
1: Well, I think it's just a very important beginning to it. I mean, it's getting everybody's attention so that you can go on with that lesson or even the next activity or what you want them to do. I mean, if you don't have their attention or you have like three fourths of their attention, you still got some of those kiddos that are not doing what they need to be doing. And I think it's important to start there before you go on to that next step, that brain engager where you're giving them
0: um, some information. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, love the fact that I don't have to, you know, I remember the days when I would turn on and off the light switch or mm-hmm. my hands to a certain rhythm, you know, just so many other ways. And this, this like takes care of all of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It really Ellen, takes care will, of all of that. Go ahead. I will have to say too,
1: I mean, it doesn't always happen on the first class is yes that you say. Right. No, sometimes I will have to say it maybe two times or three times until I get everyone doing all three of those expectations too. So something important to remember, it's not going to magically happen. Sometimes it does on the first time, but if you've got those stragglers that are, you know, rearranging their desk when you're ready to teach math. You know, it might take one or two until they kind of get the hint. Oh, we're starting something new. I need to, you know, I need to stop what I'm doing and look at the teacher and
0: fold my hands together. Exactly so. right. Exactly right. But I would say too, that also just make sure that you have the majority of your kiddos that are. You know, have done those three expectations. They've stopped what they're doing. They've turned to look at you and they have folded their hands. You are going to have some beloved rascals that happens and you know you don't want to give them any attention when they're doing that. But if you have the majority of the class that is with you, then then you're ready to go on. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you find that that happens in your classroom. I know it's happened for me and and yes, occasionally, but I mean usually I, you know,
1: I'll stand like a statue you know, and, yeah. kind of give them that reminder. And then I think most of them
0: usually kind of, you know, jump on board. Right. Right. I think the modeling on. is, is a good idea too. You know, like when you say class, you as a teacher have your hands folded. And like you said, right. you're standing like a statue and you're, you know, you've got your eyes on the students. Model that so that then they will stop what they're doing, fold their hands and look at you. Right mm-hmm. thing. That's a great point. Yeah. So I just love this first. I love class. Yes, you're so right. It really does. It it really does set the tone gets everybody where they need to be in order to go on with your lesson or start your lesson. So it's crucial. It's I think so. Yeah, it's really critical. It's really critical and it works brilliantly. So I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, Zooms and and we've been a part of some of the Zooms that have been going on this summer, but there's a really exciting (laughs) Zoom week full of Zooms that are coming up. Do you want to talk about that, Rhonda? Well, yes, we are having
1: our Whole Brain Teaching virtual national conference and I- think that's exciting especially in the time that we're living with now mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how we were going to be able to do this but you know I think this is the best way that we can do it and um, I'm excited to be a part of it and yes. um, I I think they'll fill up fast I know people are anxiously awaiting for to sign up for those but definitely and I also want to plug um, this new Peregrine Island um, game that coach is yes. um, showing off, and the way that you can get that is to get your bronze certification. So, if you haven't done that uh, and lo- would love that game, I'm really excited about this game. Yeah,
0: me too. I can see
1: how I could work it really well, putting it up on the board with the class. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, get your bronze certification, and Miss Nancy will email you the game.
0: Yes. So. Two big things going on right now, that game and our national conference. And one good thing about the bronze certification, just to plug that a little bit more, is it is all based on the Whole Brain Teaching website. So if you really want to know the meat of Whole Brain Teaching Mm -hmm. website, and bronze certification is such a great way to learn all about that website, not to mention you get that fantastic game (laughs) attached Mm -hmm. You get that bronze certificate and the wonderful certificate just to display in your
1: classroom too. Yes. I mean, that
0: was always yeah. an honor for me. I I wanted, know. I wanted that displayed so yep yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Well this has been so much fun. I would say that if anyone um, has any questions regarding class yes definitely get on those Facebook pages that we talked about in our introductory lesson. Um, like all of them ask your questions there. Um, There are so many um, executive board members and staff members that are willing to help you answer those questions. Um, Again, there's videos to watch on the whole brain teaching website regarding class. Yes. So there's just so many resources. Please take advantage of them. Um, We are Oh, go ahead. One thing to remember is, you know, whole brain teaching is more than just
1: class. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're just talking about this today and we'll go on with our um, our brain engager the next time but you know there's more to whole brain teaching
0: than just class yes yes we'll absolutely. get into that as
1: we do um, future podcasts
0: yes for sure so definitely check all that stuff out um also you know if, if you have any questions you know Rhonda and I our email address is just our first name last name and then you just put at wholebrainteaching.com we are happy to help with um any questions and if we don't have the answer we can ask someone who does, so we will find it for you. Yes, we will find it for you. Absolutely. Feel so, free to email. Yes. We'd be glad to help. Yes, definitely. So we just want to thank everybody for joining us on. I guess this is episode number one, technically. I mean, after the intro, but we're so excited. We we really appreciate all the positive feedback that so many of you gave us. It really um, warmed our hearts to know that um, this is something that you're interested in listening to. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you for the wonderful, um, heartfelt comments that you left for us. And as we go out each week, um, we definitely want to leave you with a word of wisdom from Coach. So take it away, Ron.
1: To today's words of wisdom from Coach Holbring Teaching We change behavior
0: by improving relationships. Absolutely. We'll see you next time.